This episode is brought to you by my flagship dating course, Dating in the Wild, The Adult Man Method. Are you sick and tired of a lackluster dating life? Gentlemen, if you know anything about my personal story, you know that I used to suck at dating. I could barely get a text back from a woman, much less a date. I was lonely, depressed, anxious, and felt like my dating life was truly a hopeless endeavor. But I didn't give up, and eventually it all changed. I got to work and figured out how to transform myself from being a total dating zero to an absolute dating hero and succeeded in creating the dating life of my dreams. And in this dating course, you can learn the exact skills, strategies, techniques, and thought processes that I learned over two and a half years of studying, trial, error, blood, sweat, tears, testing, and lots of hard work. The secret is to learn what women evolved to look for in a mate, and then to develop yourself into the truly masculine, attractive, high-value man who taps directly into the instincts that guide the ever-mysterious female mate selection process. Not only will this course teach you how to transform your dating life, it'll also empower you to become a better, more successful man in the process. So click on the link in the description, grab the course, and get ready to change your dating life forever. Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Joshua, thanks for having me, man. This is like super exciting for me to be part of your uh, podcast here. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to take a minute to introduce Tyler Martin. Tyler is a scaling up business coach. His website is thinktyler.com. I have had the privilege of talking with Tyler about business, entrepreneurship, scaling businesses on several occasions. Um, th this is a bit of a rare uh, occasion in the sense that I often talk about my thought mentors, but I don't often get to have real life mentors on the podcast. Uh, Tyler is definitely a real life business mentor for me. I learn a lot from him every time we talk. And so I'm just super pumped to have him here. And I'm super pumped to leverage some of his wisdom, some of his knowledge experience to help all of you who might be thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, thinking about starting your own business, you know, starting a side hustle, whatever it is. Um, Tyler, I'm going to just let you introduce yourself, tell a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to jump right into this topic. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm humbled by your uh, opening about me. I always chuckle a little bit because you're such a big resource and help to me that I, I'm, I'm so appreciative of all things you've helped me do in terms of projects that we've worked on together. So, so thanks for that, man. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I don't know why I'd do without you because you helped me with so many things. So uh, in terms of my career, Joshua, I, um, I've run a couple of businesses. I built them and I've sold them. My background is a CPA. I started out as a certified public accountant, um, was on track to become a partner for a firm. And then I decided I wanted to start my own business. Now, that in itself isn't a big deal. But what was interesting about that is I had no family or anything in my family history that had ever run their own business. So when I uh, mentioned to my family that I was ready to leave a firm making very good money to start my own business, uh, I essentially got, excuse me, um, I essentially got a giant, you're a dummy uh, comment from everybody about how crazy I was for wanting to leave uh, a really safe, secure job that I maybe could have had for the rest of my career to wanting to just go out on my own and having no clients committed to me at all. So that was kind of a big deal. And I think a lot of people, the reason I bring that up is on my own podcast, I probably interviewed, wow, 
coming up on 70 people, I'd say. And I'm always amazed. There's two splits there. One split is they come from an entrepreneurial family and they just, it's like the only thing they know. And I think those people honestly are off to a huge competitive advantage because it's normal for them to take risk. It's normal for them to do their own thing and try to build something for the people like me that really doesn't ever really had any family support in that regard or grew up in that way. I think it takes an extra stretch uh, to want to have the desire and actually make the jump to do it. So I bring that up for that reason. So from the CPA firm, I, I got really fortunate. I focused on it. I grew it to 200 business clients in five years, my own firm. I had this robust firm. One of my clients I got really close to, he turned out to be a friend. Um, he started building a company. And at some point we decided that I joined the company and support him in growing it. And uh, what turned out into that, I sold my CPA firm after a couple of years, uh, I ended up running his company for the next eight years and we grew it to a, a really pretty good size. We grew it to 25 million in revenue and we ultimately sold, sold it. It took about 10 years. We sold it for a fair amount of money to a large uh, privately held company. So that's kind of my story from there. I took off into the scaling up world and this business coaching world. And now I help companies. Typically my client profile is going to be a client probably bigger than 3 million in revenue, maybe all the way up to about 20 or 30 million in revenue. And I help them set up strategy processes, uh, uh, teams to scale and grow their company. Um, but in that journey, I've probably just so everybody knows, I've probably started a good 20 or 30 businesses that I've either decided I didn't like or didn't take off. And so I have a lot of failures in, in between a couple successes to share. I love it. Any, anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while knows I'm all about the failures. One of my, one of my recent sayings that I've been saying a lot is um, for every success, there are five failures. You know, we have to, we've got to wade through those failures to earn that success. Um, at least that's my case. <laughs> that's yeah. usually been the case. All right. So the topic of this podcast, obviously, how to become a successful entrepreneur. Um, in my, on my platform, I talk a lot about the alpha journey. I talk about the importance of mind and our business, getting our money, pursuing our purpose in the world. Um, obviously, when it comes to getting money, there are different levels to this, you know, starts with getting a job, starts with maybe learning a high income skill, but then eventually, uh, you know, those of us who want to really take control of our destinies will want to leverage up into starting our own thing, you know, becoming kind of the more the master of our own financial destiny. And so you having a lot of experience with this um, are actually the, the obvious perfect candidates to talk about this with. Um, I, I myself am on this journey. I'm often talking about this on the podcast. I talk, I tell people about you know, my own experience in the thick of it, building my own businesses, you know, working on my own stuff. And so one of the big questions I get, though, from people who listen to the podcast and people who read my blog is, um, you know, how do I come up with a good idea? How do I know, you know, how do I even know where to start in the sense of like, well, what could I do to start a business, right? And I just wanted to get your take on that question. Right. So, the easiest way to start a business is some service or 
uh, trait that you have or skill, I should say, not trait, skill that you have that you already can do and you can replicate that into a business. So that's always going to be the least path to resistance if there's something you do well. Now, I mean, just to throw one thing off the wall, I was reading an article the other day. I don't remember if it was Wing Inc. magazine or what magazine, but they were talking about pooper scooping, a pooper scooper, like going out and scooping poop to make money. So I think it really, and have your own business doing it. And the guy was showing out the, the numbers and was like, you could probably make 150K just literally picking up poop at other people's houses uh, for a fee. So it's not like, I, the, the reason I bring this up is it's not like you have to have some magical skill. I think we get our heads get in the way, our minds get in the way of what it takes to run a business. It's not, it's not as like exclusive as we build in our mind that it should be. It doesn't have to be. I mean, it can be washing cars. It could be, uh, you know, everybody can do that. It could be, um, there's just anything. It can be mowing lawn. So I think to answer your question succinctly is something that you can do or you enjoy doing, or you feel like you can, in the case of scooping poop, I doubt anybody enjoys doing that. But if it's something you feel like you can accept doing, um, there's just so many different ways. I think the biggest thing is try something and keep it on a small scale initially so that you don't, um, what I see a lot of people do when they start a business, they get they talk to an accountant and the accountant says, we'll set up a corporation and go get a logo. And they get all excited about doing all these steps. And before they know it, they spend about three to $5,000 and they still don't have a customer and they really don't even have a business. I say, do it the other way around, start trying to get some clients, start trying to see what you like to do, start seeing if you get any traction at all in terms of what you're doing, and then start setting up some structure. Um, Doing it the other way around, I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me and then three months in, they're like, oh, I don't really have time for a business or oh, I don't really like doing it. And then they just throw all that money away. Oh, you know, there's no point in doing that. So just start with something small. You always can build up. I had a guy, um, sorry to reference my podcast, but I had a guy today and he literally referenced three different giant failures he had that all in themselves would have easily just shut most people down. He had a million dollar app on uh, Apple at one point, this many years ago. And guess what happened is making a million dollars. The next day, Apple sends him an email and says, hey, we're taking your app off our store because we've now created the same app. And we don't, well, I guess we don't want, the, I don't really know the details, but the gist of it is he no longer had an app the next day. Oh. Most of us, that would just shut us down. Like that would devastate us. I mean, this guy just kept going. So sorry to get off on a tangent, but really it's get started is the first message I want you to get out of this. And then perseverance is the second message. Gotcha. No, that's awesome. Um, now there's a question of fear in there, right? The, yeah. So when, when people go into getting, you know, business license, they're getting the logo, getting the stuff set up. Sometimes I think they think, well, I'm trying to prepare as best I can. So I don't run into failure. Right. Um, there's a little bit of a fear of failure in this, obviously. And there, a, a certain amount of that is healthy fear. And then a certain amount of it is like uh, paralysis, you know, analysis paralysis, as they say, you know, that this type of thing. Um, could you speak to that just a little bit, you know, pe people yeah, who maybe yeah. they're just the, the fear is just like, you know, they're trying to maybe over prepare or what do you, or, you know, what, whatever your take on that is. Yeah. Um, I truly believe. So today I posted a video on my social media and it's about failing fast. And I truly believe with all of my heart, 
um, I didn't know at the time in my career, it was a long time in my career, I'll give you a story here, that failing fast was what I was doing. But um, when I was a lot younger, before I'd become a CPA, I left a small firm, CPA firm that I was working for, and I went to go work for this guy. And the minute I started the job, I accepted the role, I started the job, like a weekend, I was like, oh my God, why did I take this job? The guy was a maniac. He had no money to even barely make payroll. He was every single one of his accounts that he owed money to were behind. He was doing something where he was lending, people were lending money against his receivables. I mean, it was a bad picture. And, but the reason I tell you the story is I never forget it, forgot the mistake I made in taking that job and not doing the due diligence, it stuck with me. I mean, I'm literally, you know, this is like 30 years now. It still to this day sticks with me that that was one of the best learning experiences I ever had. It taught me one, how to deal with people that uh, when you owed them money, I had to take all the calls being on the accounting side. It taught me how not to manage people. Um, it, there were just so many things. And I'll, by the way, I had to learn a lot more on how to, how to manage people effectively after that too. But so I don't want to f- make it sound like I figured it all out. But there were so many things in that journey. So my point in going off on this tangent is if you don't fail, if you don't jump, you're never going to learn. So I truly believe like failing is kind of a wrong, I, I think we use that word wrong. Um, I don't think it's really failing. It's really learning more often than not. So even if you do something and it doesn't work out, what's your takeaway? Like, what are the things you got from it? Was it, was it, you were not committed to it? Was it something you didn't enjoy doing? Was it, um, there wasn't a market for it. Um, did you have your heart fully into it? How can you improve next time around? So I guess my biggest thing is throw the word fail out and try to think about going for it and understanding that, nothing ever goes to plan, by the way. So regardless of what you think you're going to do, it's not going to go as smooth as you want it to. And so those are all learning lessons. And those are all adjustments that you have to be prepared to make. Um, Running a business takes resiliency, you have to be willing to go with ups and downs. And you have to, um, you have to learn a little bit to develop a thick skin too. Because Joshua, you probably can relate to this, we've got all this talk about recession and um, people out of work. And as business owners, what are the first thing we start to worry about? Oh my gosh, is my client base going to go? Oh my gosh, am I going to have business tomorrow? This is just part of business. You got to work through it and you got to build that resiliency and just learn as you go along. And if you really, the biggest thing about building a business truth, truthfully, isn't about your knowledge, isn't about your skill. It's about a couple things, attention to detail and how you treat your customers. You know, one of the things I love about you, your attention to detail is off the hook. Like you're, you're just, you're always like on it. Like I may miss things and you'll bring it to my attention. You'll help me when we work together on projects that has so much value. So your attention to details, high. Um, your resiliency is a big thing in business. Um, so these are things that I would think about and I'd say are really key don't, let's not think about failure. Let's think about how much learning you're going to have to do. And as long as you're up for that, I almost can guarantee you the vast majority of people could be successful. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, when you when you say those things, I this leads me to you know kind of a story of my own, and this yeah. is an ongoing thing. It's like a cyclic process, right? But you uh, you there's a part of us that craves security, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we crave this. It's like, oh, I want to get to the point where I know it's going to be smooth sailing, right? <laughs> but yeah. like, and then I, 
we I go th- I've gone through these cycles in my own business endeavors where I've thought like, okay, yeah, I'm working toward this, working toward this. And then kind of this realization of like, you know, that's not really real, is it? Like, that's not, I mean, there are times when it feels more real than at other times, but it's never actually real. So, so what's the truth of it? And maybe you can speak to this um, and tell me what you think of this. Uh, in my way of thinking, I've kind of thought, well, you kind of have to accept that there is really no such thing as that. There's just, we wake up every day and we persevere and we build things. And then these things are going to malfunction to a certain point. And then we have to work on them and make them better. And we have to learn and we have to, uh, we have to keep on solving the problems and figuring things out and things do get better. Uh, but, but chasing that, that safety of like the security um, to me, at least in my kind of more limited business experience has, it's felt like kind of the wrong way to think of it. It's yeah. 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 What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think you're really astute thinking of that way. And I, I guess I don't want to scare people away. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know, running a business is a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, I think we have to know to enjoy the journey. One mistake we make is to your point, like we're looking for security or we're looking for this. We're always trying to, it's the way I guess we're wired is we're always trying to look for that perfect situation. And I think what happens is we miss the journey. And what I mean by that is good example. Let's use this case of my staffing firm that uh, I ran. I had minority interest in it, got it up to 25 million. You think, oh my gosh, you were just on easy street. That's not true. I worried all the time about recession. I worried about staff. I worried about what, how am I going to get it to 50 million? It just never ends, right? Like if you let it be that way, you'd kind of have to enjoy the journey. And, you know, someone said to me, and it was really smart. He said, you know, we spend 99% of our time thinking about when we're going to get somewhere. And what we don't do is where we spend, we should be spending the 99% of our time where we're spending the 99% of our time trying to build something and enjoying that time rather than that little 0.01 or 0.1, excuse me, uh, of uh, 0.01. That's right. 0.01 of what we're trying to do to ultimately get there. He said, you know, we waste all this energy for this little 0.01 when in reality, the 99% is where we spend all our time uh, trying to get where we want to be. And that's what we should be thinking about. That's what we should be enjoying that journey. And I think for me, that really resonated because we're so wired to think about where the future should be at instead of why aren't we just enjoying where we're at today? Yeah, hundred percent. And I can relate to that. And I feel like when we think of it in those terms, and this is ironic too, I've noticed that when, when I've noticed that when I do a better job of that, um, yeah. things actually seem to go better also, they, which is quite I, ironic, actually. Isn't it? Because you're, I yeah. guess, because you're in the moment, right? And you're just kind of enjoying what's in the moment. Yeah. And then yeah. maybe also it's like time, time seems to move a little differently too, because it becomes yeah. more of a, oh, this is a challenge. I can enjoy this. This doesn't have to be so, um, this doesn't have to be so terrifying every day. It's like, yeah. we can chill out a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. And, yeah. And I think to your, like, you know, one point you're really bringing up here is just, you know, we can always choose to worry about things or we could choose to just move forward. And and I got to be honest with you, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't bring this up. You know, I have historically, or especially earlier in my career, I'd worry about things endlessly. And I think 
I think strategizing and thinking about problems is healthy, but worrying about potential outcomes is probably not the greatest use of your energy. And that's one mistake I probably make made it a lot in my career is I worried about things that may or may not happen. I, all you can do is control what you can control. And then some things are going to be beyond your control. And I think if you make an honest effort on things you can control, usually you're going to get a re- good result. Maybe you might not, but you still have made the best effort that you can. Yeah. And learn and learn down along learn. the yeah, way. Learn. Which is super yeah, absolutely. Important. All right. So shifting gears a little bit here, this is a question I actually get. Um, uh, I actually surprisingly often get this question from people and um and i i can only kind of answer it in a certain number of ways because i've only been involved in a certain number of industries but like uh how to become successful as an entrepreneur with little or no startup capital like if you don't have a whole lot of money if you think you know if you're like well i'm working a job right now don't have a whole lot of extra money i would like to break out of this cycle i'd like to start my own thing what's your advice for people who want to get started in those kinds of situations? Yeah. I mean, you know, we are living in a time period that we probably have never had such access to work so easily than any other time period and doing so many things. So if going back to the service thing, maybe you have the ability to write, maybe you have, the ability to run errands. Maybe you have a vehicle. I mean, there's just so many things you can do to just start out. Um, I mean, a lot of people have started their business just by commenting on other people's posts, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, with a very thoughtful, intelligent response in terms of how they might help someone solve their problem, or maybe providing additional information. And it's amazing when you post something that, or comment on something, not even post, comment, that has really thoughtful, the type of um, interaction it could create, the type of uh, starting point it can take. A good example is um, on a post offering something free, you know, 10 steps, how to do this, or 10 steps, I've got put together a little guide, 10 steps, how to lose five pounds, or those last last hard five pounds, or um, 10 steps, how to keep your dieting, whatever, you know, it happens to be. It's amazing how many people that are out in your network will respond and say, hey, I'd love to get that little free thing. Well, now you've started to get some engagement. And that's your first step into starting a business, believe it or not. So capital really shouldn't be an issue nowadays. Like I'm not saying as you want to scale and grow your own business, you know, you do need some of the bells and whistles to help you do that faster, albeit, you know, logo, website, those things will help, but you don't need it to get out the gate. I'm always amazed at how many, um, so I get a lot of guest requests on my podcast and I would say probably 25% are holding themselves out as experts and probably are many times don't even have a web page. They're just using their social media platform. So, I mean, it's not like you have to have some of these things that maybe were acquired many years ago. So that would be my comment is just don't get in, the, get, get in your own way. You don't really need a lot of costs. We're not trying to build a Microsoft. We're just trying to get you started, get you rolling, get you some business knowledge, uh, you know, line yourself. That's another thing on, on the internet that you can get for free. If someone approached me and I do have this happen to me periodically approached me and said, Hey, I'm starting a business. Um, I really would like some input on what I should be doing here. I don't think I've ever turned down a meeting to sit with someone via zoom for 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, and just do a download. And I, I'm not unique. There's a lot of people that would do that. And that's 
once again, the internet gives us that access to people that are maybe have had some experiences uh, that others haven't had to help them along the way. Yeah. Um, so when you're talking, when you're talking about this, one thing that comes to mind for me, and yeah. I, I used to be really bad about this, like back, I kind of got paralyzed by this in my twenties was having big expectations and yeah. then overlooking the small things I could do to get started. Um, like for example, sometimes I'll hear someone say, well, it's not really, I can't, it's impossible for me to start my business um, right now with the way the economy is. And I'll be like, well, what's your business idea? And they're like, well, I want to have like a five-star restaurant. And then I'm like, okay, well that is big, but you could start like small, like you could start food blogging and then work your way up to it eventually is what I think myself. But, but I think of that now, but back in my twenties, I was doing the exact same thing. I would have these like big, uh, you know, these, I, these grand ideas. And then they would seem so out of reach. So out of touch, uh, they would seem so impossible either because they would cost a lot or just require a lot of stuff. And then I think, oh, I, it's just not possible. Right. right. Yeah. And have so, you ever, have you ever run into that kind of like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's the way we're kind of conditioned to think, you know, you go on TikTok and every other video is I have a seven figure business in the last mm -hmm. three months. I have, you know, I'm a multimillionaire. Nike just gave me a $10 million promotional deal. I mean, you, I don't know how many are true, but my point is, we're so conditioned to think everything should come instantly. I mean, if we go back to my opening, it took me 10 years to build a $25 million company. That's not one day, that's 10 years. Mm -hmm. And in that was uh, one and a half recessions, I'll call it, where at one point we had to actually reset almost completely because the economy just wiped this, not completely, but almost all the way out. And so there's hardships, there's you know trials in between all that. And we don't ever hear that. Even when I'm saying it right now, most people, this, this will just, they'll forget about it when they start talking about starting their business. But the truth of the matter is it takes time. Everything takes time. I mean, if you look at a lot of the major companies that are now multi-billion dollar companies, I mean, it took them years and years. I, I don't remember how many, how many years Google was private, but you know, they were working a lot of years trying to build something major before they ever, you know, Amazon was a good case. It lost money so many years before it even started to make a profit. So yeah, we tend to gloss over that and that it works in baby steps. It doesn't work in home runs. And I'm not saying there isn't occasionally someone that hits a home run out the gate. It's more of the exception than the norm. Most of us humans, normal humans, mere mortals do it in baby steps. And you have to really count the baby steps on top of that. Yeah. hundred percent. And you have to go through those steps to help set yourself up for maybe you will get a big opportunity or a big break. I, it seems to me like you know, the, the, there's a quote, you know, chance favors the prepared mind. If we, if we show up and we're putting in that work, it just makes it more likely that at some point we will get some kind of opportunity to help us leap forward. But if we don't put ourselves there, um, there's no, you know, there's a much diminished chance we're even going to see the opportunity. Right. Agreed. And so Agreed. to me, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about skills, right? Somebody's thinking I'd like to be a business owner. I'd like to be an entrepreneur. And th this, this question I'm about to ask you, especially resonates with me because this was a question I started asking people um, whenever I started thinking about this, because I thought, well, mindset is everything. And I still, and I still really believe this very much. Like mindset is kind of the core. Uh, and then everything we do, hopefully if we do it with the proper mindset, we set ourselves up for success. Uh, so, and I wanted to ask your opinion on this. What do you think are the three most important skills that a successful entrepreneur 
needs to, you know, adopt, learn, cultivate, et cetera. Yeah, I guess you okay. Is it okay if I kind of mix it with traits and skills? I oh, guess because yeah. I Absolutely. think it's like kind of kind of. I don't know if these some of these are skills. You know, I think perseverance really is is a big one. Is resiliency, perseverance. I think that's a big part of being successful. Not letting your mind get in the way of being successful and just persevering. Now that doesn't mean you don't have to step back occasionally and go, hey. Am I going in the right direction? Is Am I getting the, I'll give you an example. Sorry, I'm going to deviate here. Yeah. I did Amazon FBA many years ago. And uh, I started out where you buy product and then you put it on, you bring it onto Amazon and you mark it up and you make a little bit of money. And what I found out for me, the amount of work, even outsourcing it for the return I was going to get, didn't really make sense. It was too much work is what I felt for a very low return. Mm -hmm. So then I go, okay, well, maybe I'll do private label. So I went and purchased a bunch of product from, um, from a supplier and I put it on Amazon. Again, I ran the numbers as I was starting to do it and the amount of effort it was taking, outsourcing the packaging and listing and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I could run up some really big numbers probably and make some okay money, but I think there's other things I could be doing as an investment of my time. And so I cut the cord on it. Now, that I could have... This is where I'm saying perseverance and resiliency. You just kind of kind of have to also keep stand back and go, am I doing the right thing? But if you're doing the right thing, perseverance and resiliency is a huge one. So I'll say that's number one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number two, from a skill standpoint, and I'm going to, I'm going to label one that I see a deficiency in, in a lot of business owners. And that's kind of, you don't have to be a numbers expert, but I do want business owners to really understand the numbers of their business. Um, a lot of us really don't like numbers. So we think we can just avoid them. And I find that the business owners that do the best, take some time to understand their numbers. And that doesn't, once again, mean you have to be a mathematician, but you kind of have to understand, okay, if I'm selling my service for $40 an hour and I can work 2,000 hours a year, this is how much I can make a year, but I really need to make 20,000 more to meet all my expense. You need to be able to do that math and think it through and um, look, compare to your competitors of what they're charging and just kind of, so that's, that's a good example of numbers. I mean, prospect conversion, you know, understanding how many leads am I getting? How many am I converting into clients? Things like that. A lot of times business owners gloss over that. They just don't really like numbers. So I'd say numbers is number two. And then I, I'd say the other thing is, um, and it's a big one, is appreciation for your craft, whatever you're doing. Now, let's use the the pooper scooping as as the example, because I think this is a, a classic example of what I'm trying to articulate. Is do it the be the best ever pooper scooper that ever existed. I mean, add your flair to do flair to it and do whatever it takes. If that means you're gonna leave a little I don't know, a little odor free thing after you pick everything up or put your own touch, put your own creative flair on it and do it at the highest level possible that somebody can do it. Because when you do that, it gets people to talk about your service. It gets people to be, I'll give you an example, another example. I had a guy, I've been trying to hire someone to help me to do videos. And I literally, I've done this a few times now. I'll have to talk to about 20 different video editors and I'll have to actually pay them. So I'll pay like five or 10 of them. And it always the same things happens. Nine out of 10, 
don't have any creative ability. They're really not that they're, they're good. If you tell them every step, the problem is I don't really want to tell them every step. I kind of want them to use their own creative flair. So I usually end up with one or two, maybe usually one, but once in a while two, where they'll just this amazing creative flair. And so what do you think I do? I get this video from this one guy that's got this amazing creative, creative flair. The rest really weren't up to the level that I would have liked. I immediately share it with my guest and she says, Oh my God, I'm in love with this video. Can I have this person's name? Well, this is just the first person that I shared one video this individual did for me. Guess what's going to happen when I share it to my other 10 or 20 guests. They're probably going to, at least half of them are going to say the same thing. This dude probably just tripled his business by delivering on a high level and going beyond the call of duty. That's the way you should approach. That's one of the most important skills that I would say traits, whatever you want to call it, that you need in business is being willing to put your own flair and deliver at a high level. I love that. That speaks to, like you said before, mastery of your craft and also chasing excellence, which is something I talk about a lot on this podcast. Um, you know what this makes me think of? Lately, I've been really doing this thought exercise with myself about like, okay, so having faith in ourselves to do a good job, to, to believe in ourselves that we can do well, right? Um, I think that um, in, my, in my life, in my past, I did a lot of trying to succeed at things with like a foot half in and then a foot half out. Cause I was a little afraid. I was like, well, I, I might fail. I may have to like retreat from this. So it's like this mentality. Um, but then, and, and this, this impedes your ability to perform at a higher level is what I, what I kind of came to, to realize. So, so then I think to myself, well, you, you kind of have to go all in, in the sense that um, I'm going to remove failure from the table here. And I'm just going to apply myself to, delivering the best I can at whatever it is I'm trying to do, whether it's in my you know, writing business, whether it's with the dating coaching, whatever it is, I'm just going to apply myself. And it's like, I'm um, going to just not even consider failure as an option. I'm just going to, and when you do that and you put that energy into the problem solving and you put it into, okay, like I have to solve this problem. Let's solve it. Then, then you, you come up with such more creative solutions than when you are one foot in one foot out is what I've kind of come to to discover. And I, I guess what I would ask you is, have you noticed, you know, have you noticed a similar kind of thing? Or, you know, have you experienced that kind of, you know, that kind of paradigm in your, in your own business and adventures? Yeah, I mean, you said something great early on. I mean, you know, you can have a healthy level of um, fear, I guess, or concern mm -hmm. for failure. I think, you know, one thing that's pushed me in my entire career is, um, you know, even when it came down to getting my CPA license, you know, there was a part of me like, I'm not sure if I can pass this test. Should I even take it? Can I do it? And that pushed me to want to try harder. So I think there's a healthy level, as long as you're not letting it tweak with your mind and, and actually allowing you to stop taking chances, that's when you know it's unhealthy is that you're just talking yourself out of it because you know you're going to fail. That's, that's very unhealthy, but you can use it as a tool to make you better. Um, I can't tell you how many examples I have where I've used fear as a way to motivate myself. And that works for me. We yeah. all have our different lines. We have to keep that in mind too. Um, but that's, it's a tool. It can be used as a tool, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have to be, the other big thing that you just said is you have to be all in. Like this is a big mistake. I think when people don't succeed in business is I think they aren't all in They're They're, um, they're either doing too many things or the reason I'm not always crazy about the word side hustle is 
although I understand it's the common terminology now, what it implies is I'm not really serious about what I'm doing. It's, ah, I just do it on the side. And when I get around to it, um, you know, I'll go out and make a little money. I, I think if, if, if we approach it that way, we're definitely reducing our chance for scaling and growing our own business because we're just kind of thinking of it as a side hustle. It's just a little thing we're doing on the side. So you do have to be all in if you're really serious about building something. I love it. Yeah, no. And, and the idea of using fear as a motivator, super powerful, very powerful. And, and there, it can definitely be a motivator and it should, yeah. it should be a motivator rather than frightening us and making us run away from it. Right. Yeah. 100%. It's a tool. It's a tool. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So one more question that I had on my list here that I really wanted to ask you, and this, this is probably the number one thing that I hear from people and, and now keep in mind, like the generally the people that I'm talking to are at that stage where they're thinking about taking that leap, right? So they maybe haven't started a business yet. Um, maybe in the past, they've done a side hustle, but they're thinking of it more seriously now. And, and one thing is, um, there is a lot of um, I, I've heard it referred to as, you know, like paralysis by analysis. Like, you know, they're like, I do want to do something. I want to get started, but I have like maybe three, four, five ideas. I'm not sure which one would be best. And I'm kind of frozen in this decision-making process to actually take action. Um, what would you just, do you have any like advice to someone who might be kind of in that state where they're just, you know, kind of dealing with that, not quite sure what to do. They know they want to do something, but they're kind of juggling those different ideas in their head. They're just not sure how to get started. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had people approach me with that exact same thing. Hey, I can do mm -hmm. seven things really well, or I like seven things. You know, if you ask a guy like me, who's, you know, around numbers and money, the answer you're going to get from me is like, okay, well, which one is the most in demand? you know, or has a demand for it, which is the one you can probably price your services that you can make a fair amount of money. Um, those are the things that I would tend to look at. Now, the truth is not everybody's driven by money. And, and sometimes they're driven by things that are going to make their soul feel good. And so for them, maybe making a third less or two thirds less might even make sense because it's going to make them feel good. So it really is individualistic. I think you used one powerful word and I'm going to stick to the really the bigger issue isn't which one you're going to pick. It's action. Take action. Like if you just sit there and agonize over what you're going to do and or someday you're going to get to it or this or that, I promise you, you're never going to get to it if that's all you do. But if you take action, even if it's something you decide you don't like, um, you got five other ideas that you can try next or whatever. So really got to take action. So just keep in mind, I, it's a true story. I've probably done, I haven't counted, but I'm going to say 30, maybe 20 different things that I've tried. I tried, true story, when I was a lot younger, uh, at the time I was a CPA, I had a buddy that was into windshield repair. And he told me, oh man, this is so much fun. I, I only work a few days a week and I make money on the side. And so it got me to think, man, I'm stuck in an office all the time. Does this really make sense? Maybe I should be doing what he was doing. So I started 
uh, I took a course on windshield repair. Now I'm like le- literally the least handy guy on the face of the earth. Now I hear a lot of people say that, but I think I truly am the least handy person <laughs> or at least one of them. So mm-hmm. here's a guy trying to fix windshield repairs. It isn't even handy. So I go, uh, I sure enough, I you know set up the business. I, I get on some insurance registries. Mm-hmm. I start getting leads. I get a job and I go out to my first job and um, it's got a big crack in the windshield and I've got my supplies and I do it and it looks so horrendous. I mean, it looks like 20 times worse than the crack looked before. <laughs> it's got glue all over it. So I'm calling my buddy and I'm all, dude, dude, I'm in trouble here. Before I show the client what I did, I need you to come over here. So he comes over here and he's like, man, you made a mess. This is really bad. Um, and so long story short, I'm t- trying to sell to the client that that's the way it has to look because the, cl- the crack looks so bad. Now, fortunately, the insurance, if, it, if it's not fixable, they'll replace it anyway. So I kind of didn't get any trouble or anything and they ended up placing his window. But my point is, is that it was something I was horrible at. And I actually, I realized immediately I wasn't going to even enjoy doing it, driving out mm-hmm. to people's homes to fix their windows. So my point is, I, I literally, for me, it was fun to try stuff like that and then decide if it was a fit for me or not. Mm-hmm. So maybe that isn't fun to you, but that's what you need to do. I truly believe in my heart. Try a few things before you decide really what you want us to do. So don't agonize that you have six ideas. It's great that you have six ideas. Jump on one. Don't even, don't, if you don't want to think about the pros and the cons of each, just jump on one and go for it. Push yourself for it. The truth of the, the matter is, Tomorrow, you could hold yourself out on LinkedIn as, let's say, a dog walking expert, um, which, by the way, everybody can do. You hold yourself out as a dog walking expert. Let's decide after a month you decide you don't like dog walking. I promise you, nobody's going to remember if next month you call yourself a pooper scooper expert. They're not going to care. So now next month, you're going to try that out. So that's what I would recommend. That's the really thing. It's action. It's not about getting caught up in the minutia, which one's the best one. It's about moving forward with one and then deciding if it's for you. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome advice. I love it very much. Um, and the, the, when you say switching, you know, no one's going to remember if you were a dog walker. It, it, that's true. We, we hype it up a lot more in our minds. We think, what are people going to think? It's like, well, actually nobody probably was paying much, much attention. Like maybe your mom and your, <laughs> and your significant other, other than that, people probably aren't going to remember, but we yeah, do we're a little a too, lot. we're a little too self-obsessed myself included. I'll even go as far as people. I remember your posts, you know, sometimes I cheat. I'll admit I'll post the same post twice nobody remembers. I'll have a week <laughs> later and they'll be all, this is the greatest post I've ever seen. Why don't you post more than like this? Well, I just posted it two weeks ago, dude. Like why? And, you know, but the <laughs> algorithm doesn't even feed it to, you know, most of your audience anyway. But the point is, yeah, I mean, nobody, we're too self-absorbed. People aren't paying that close attention. I love it. All right, Tyler, I think this is a great place to wrap it up. Do you have any just final words, things you'd like to throw in here that we didn't get to cover that you think are important? Yeah, I would just say don't let things stop you. If your dream is really to have your own business, having your own business is literally the most empowering thing. It is such a cool uh, feeling to um, feel like you can make your own living without having to rely on anyone. And I always get a little bit sad when... Now, there's nothing wrong with having a job. So I want to be careful. Like I know there's like this whole negative thing about 
you know, having a job, I'm all for having jobs. I think they're great. And I think it's great that people do it. And as long as you're happy, you can get a lot of great benefits. And there's a lot of reasons to have a job. But if your dream is to kind of be empowered for yourself, and be able to create your own living, I'd say do that, like, go down that path, take a shot at it. Um, Don't, uh, don't, bet everything on that one job because it's a learning journey as we've discussed there's a good chance you may not make the progress you want um i have a client that had a business um that unfortunately it didn't really take off too well and i helped her pivot into a new business and she just got her first sale to it's her first sale is like 10 times the size of her previous business actually more than that maybe about 100 times the size of her previous business and it took her time though it took her effort it took her three months to get that first sale and so just remember things are a journey it takes time you're gonna maybe have to pivot maybe have to do things do do different things that that you decide you like better or you don't like what you first started out as that's okay that's part of the journey accept that don't let your mind uh be a barrier make everything be a learning experience and that would be my biggest takeaway i'd want people to do is if you're really serious about starting a business take action try it um and then just reevaluate and keep keep going because i truly believe in my heart if you want a business and I've seen enough of this. There's no reason why almost anyone can't do their own business. 100%. I completely agree. I love it. All right, Tyler, thank you so much. Would you share with people where they can find you online, the best places to, and your podcast as well? Like if you just talk about that for just a second. Sure, sure. So website is thinktyler.com. Um, my podcast, you can tell how creative I am is think business with Tyler. Um, really easy with the, using my own name, the domains were available. Um, and I just talk with business owners for the most part on my podcast. Uh, just so many fascinating stories out there, uh, that I love to share. And I love when they're open, my guests are open to sharing them. I had a lady that had, uh, she was diagnosed with two types of cancer in a matter of four months, each time given, Uh, a very short life sentence remaining. She managed to beat both cancers. She's now clean bill of health several years later. And she opened up a snack, a healthy snack company where their, uh, you know, original ingredients or or natural ingredients, not not original, natural ingredients uh, geared towards healthy eating, healthy snack eating. And that's her cause. That's her why. Isn't that like a cool thing? So, um, yeah. So there's always these million stories like that of failures, successes. And that's what my podcast is about. So that's how you can reach me. Thinktyler.com. I'd love if anybody had the time to listen to my podcast. Um, I try to the best that I can make it accessible to everybody in terms of learning. Um, but it's definitely geared towards like entrepreneurs and building businesses. I love it. Yeah. And I'm going to share the links to that stuff down in the description. So everyone knows so you can go through and click and check it out. Um, definitely worth a listen. Uh, Tyler is, is, is an expert. I always learn so much when we talk, Tyler, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, for taking the time to come and talk about this stuff with us. I really appreciate it. Dude, thank you so much. And thanks for the audience for listening. I know there's a lot of great people out there and and good luck in your journey. All right. That's going to be it for this one. Go with grace, my friends. Never give up your power. This is Josh Segafis signing off. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit www.joshuasegafis.com. Catch you on the flip side. 